0: Hi, welcome to Per My Last Email. This is your host, Michaela. Every other week, I'll be coming on here to tell you everything going on in my life. Sometimes it'll be real estate and some tips and tricks for all of you. Sometimes it'll be everything that drives me crazy about building a business, but it'll always be something you can relate to and be like, yep, definitely feel that. Each episode is meant to inspire, connect, and maybe lead you to a glass of wine while we all discuss the many reasons we've all thought about writing emails, starting with the phrase, "Per My Last Email. This is a Soul Fire production. Hi, welcome to episode seven of the Per My Last Email podcast. This is your host, Michaela, and I'm switching it up again. So this will be a solo episode. There won't be any guests. So if you're not mentally prepared for 30 to 40 minutes of my voice, go listen to our other episodes where we have guests. But if you do want to hear my voice for the next 30 to 40 minutes, saddle up wherever you're at because I think this is going to be really good. I recently went on a trip that social media had feelings about. And to be fair, I knew social media was going to have feelings about it. So I didn't talk about it until I was already on said trip. But I want to kind of break down why I went on the trip, what it was all about, and some of the things I have felt since and while I was doing what I was doing. So before I even get into that, I want to talk about a blanket statement we like to put on people because it actually led to my trip. It's led to a lot of decisions in my life, actually. As a society, I think we have a lot of statements we say, sort of like unrealizing that they have weight, or maybe we think that they have a positivity to them that they don't have. One of those statements is, Wow, you're so strong. If you know me well, you know that I like do not let people say that to me anymore. It is like the biggest trigger for me. Don't call me strong. But for a lot of my life, that was like the label on my forehead. I had kind of a traumatic, complicated childhood. And then that complicated, traumatic childhood led to an even more complicated and traumatic sort of like teenage years. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I was on my own a lot. I was kind of left to fend for myself in many ways for, I would say, the majority of like being a teenager. And I never really got myself into much trouble. I mean, I did a lot of stuff that should have gotten me in trouble, but I somehow got lucky and I never got in trouble. And to the outside world, I was just the strongest little girl. I was the strongest teenager. I was, honestly, I was just fucking strong. And that was sort of a label that was put on me. My ability to keep going and my ability to face the next day was labeled as strength. And I sort of had to live behind this armor that everyone had put on me with this label. As I got older in my early 20s, I spent a good amount of time trying to forget everything that had happened prior, which didn't go well and involved a lot of alcohol and acting outrageous, to be honest, and doing things that were really unkind. And then my life fell apart all over again. And I had to face the realities of like this idiotic label of strength and that in fact, I wasn't strong. And I don't actually think anybody is strong because we are human and you can't be strong and human. In my opinion, you can have characteristics that people group together and call strength, but we're not metal. We're not wrapped in metal, you know, like warriors did, I don't know, in the 1500s. That armor, that was strong. It had chemical compounds that made it strong. If you take a knife to us, we bleed. If you punch us, we bruise. And if you emotionally hurt us, it has lasting effects. We show signs that we are not strong. And I think it took me a really, really long time to realize that when everyone else called me strong... It made me think I couldn't break. Because if I was strong, that meant I wouldn't break like everybody else. I was superwoman somehow. The world falling on my head wasn't supposed to affect me. Or if it did, it affected me in a way that no one else knew about it. I don't remember how long into being in therapy, I had said to my therapist, I have no interest in ever telling anyone my story. And she said, why? And I said, because I don't want their sympathy. And she goes, oh, because this idiotic strength is better. And it took me a long time to realize I was so terrified that anyone would knew that I did, in fact, have cracks. That I had put on this fake armor that was causing me more harm than good. And from that point on, I started kind of talking about my life and what had happened and all I had been through. With that being said, although I think the label of strength on a person is dumb, I do think that there are other characteristics, better describing words, to describe actions that do fit people. And they are actually what people mean when they say you are strong, but I would encourage everybody to think a little harder the next time you wanna tell somebody they're strong and come up with a better word. And one of those is brave. I realized when everyone was telling me I was strong, they were actually telling me I was brave. Because you can be brave and terrified at the same time. You can be brave and terrified when you decide to jump out of a plane, right? You signed up to have a parachute strapped to your back and jump out of a plane. That's bravery. That does not mean that when you're standing in the opening door of that plane that you are not terrified and shitting yourself. But the bravery is that you signed up, that you left your house that day, that you told some people you were doing it, that you let them put the parachute on you, that you got up in that airplane and that you got to that moment where you're shitting yourself. That's bravery. Let alone if you jump out or not, that's not the point. How many people talk about they're gonna do something and they never do it? They just talk a lot about it. That's the difference between being brave and not brave. And so when everybody called me strong, they were actually trying to say, wow, you're really brave. I had learned my bravery from a place of necessity. I had never really been brave to be brave, although I probably had, but that's not what my memory remembers. I was always brave because I had to be, because I was left, because people died, because I was left on my own, and it was either crawl into a hole or be brave and go do the next thing. It's only now recently that I realized there are very few times in my life that I was brave not out of necessity. And so this pseudo-strength that everybody labeled me with, I started to wonder, did I even have it? Or was it sort of this thing that happened in me when you pushed me really far up against a wall? When I really was out of options, is that when my bravery kicked in and then I could do things no one else would do? I didn't know. Now looking back, there are definitely things I did that were brave that no one pushed me into. But the big things were all sort of pushed into. I was pushed into. And so... I kind of feel now that I'm in a place in my life where I need to make a decision whether I'm going to be brave or not simply just for me, whether I'm going to jump out of the plane or sign up to jump out of the plane simply because I have nothing to do on a Saturday or am I going to sit at home and wait until the following Saturday and the following Saturday waiting for the world to spin in my direction? So I decided to kind of test myself and I very secretly (laughs) went and rented an RV on an app called Outdoorsy. It's like the number one question on the internet is where the hell did I get an RV? There's an app called Outdoorsy. It's like Airbnb for RVs and you can just find one nearby or maybe halfway of where you're thinking about going and some owner will rent it to you. So I found an RV and I thought it was 22 feet long and I did a little research, not clearly enough, but I did a little research And decided that that was a good size and that would work. And I decided I was going to drive myself and my dog to the mountains. I really didn't tell anyone. Like, I booked everything. And then I told everybody maybe, like, four days later. And I was going to leave three days after that. So I really, I booked it all, like, seven days in advance to begin with. So not much notice. And then I kept it to myself for a few days before I told anybody. And to be honest, I really told only, like, four people. Just... You know, if I fell off a cliff so that somebody knew where to go get me. Because I didn't want everybody's opinions. I wanted this to be a test of my own bravery without outside opinions or forces or excuses. I wanted to see if I would sign up to jump out of the plane. And so the day before the rental, it occurred to me I did not rent a 22-foot RV. I, in fact, rented a 32-foot RV, which, if you look it up, same size as a tour bus, small one, but a tour bus less. So I rented the largest RV for little old me and my dog, and I took us to the Tennessee mountains. Mind you, I've never driven an RV. I've driven like a little U-Haul. I've never driven an RV. I've also never been to the Tennessee mountains. I've never driven on those windy roads. I've never done it at night. There were a lot of I've nevers. I decided I wasn't going to think about any of it, and I was just going to go do it. So I did the drive. It was the scariest shit I've ever done in my life. I'm going to be honest. Driving an RV takes like eight hours longer than you think it'll take. I got to our campsite. Oh, by the way, I was sleeping in a campsite, which I've never done. Didn't know how to plug in an RV. Didn't know how to get rid of the sewer water. Didn't know anything. Just got there. Did no research. Got there. I got to the campsite at like 1.30 in the morning. The last like hour and a half of driving to the campsite was on a 1.00 lane road with no street lights and a cliff on one side of me. So that was great. Literally almost shit myself every single turn of the mountain as we drove. And I kept saying the words, you are brave. Throughout this whole trip, I kept seeing things and doing things and kept saying to myself, you are brave. It was incredible. Anyway, so I get to the campsite. I find our parking spot. And now it occurs to me that I have to back up this idiotic RV. I have to park it in reverse, which sounds kind of okay, except for my spot is halfway down a hill. So I have to drive an RV in reverse up a hill to then turn it onto the parking spot. And due to the fact that we were driving down a hill, one edge of the parking spot is a cliff. Cool. Also, the other edge of the parking spot is a tree. So that was great. After about 87 turns, I parked this RV without flipping it over, which really actually was maybe like the biggest feat of this entire adventure. But I parked the RV in the middle of the night with no lights and I go to bed. And when I woke up in the morning is kind of when I started telling Instagram where I had gone and what I had done. And my Instagram started to blow up in a way it has never done before. Granted, I don't even have that many followers. I have like 1,100 followers, not even. I'm a couple shy, so like if you guys could share this podcast and get me to 1,100, that'd be great. Anyway, I don't even have that many followers. I got throughout that day, at least 60 DMs from different people. The general consensus was, holy shit, you rented an RV. But more importantly, holy shit, you did it without a man. And what's funny is in this whole adventure of renting this RV and being brave and going on this road trip, it never occurred to me that doing it without a man was going to be the problem. In that two weeks prior, it never occurred to me. But I had thought about renting an RV maybe about a year ago. And I had a conversation with my grandmother and she said, oh, I don't know. You should probably do it with someone. Doesn't really seem safe on your own. So granted, I guess there was a thought once. But in those last two weeks, there wasn't. It was, I'm going to do this man or no man, girlfriend or no girlfriend. But the internet found it really, really hard to grasp that I rented this RV and drove it to Tennessee without a man. And one person made a really valid point, which is, I'm all of 5'3". So... You know, an RV is a really big truck. You know, could I see? Could I reach the pedal, etc.? But a lot of men just don't realize what it is to be 5'3", and so we can, in fact, reach things and push the pedals on a car and see over the steering wheel. And suddenly, instead of everybody telling me I was strong, my DMs were full of, holy crap, you're so brave. And I thought, huh. So the only reason now we're using the word brave instead of strong is because no one died. That's not fair. So when I do the very same act I was doing when I was younger, but due to the fact that I was doing it without any circumstances from the universe, now I was being called brave. But when I had to do it because the world was pressing on me, I wasn't brave anymore. I was just strong. I wasn't allowed to crack. It was weird. It was a weird concept. It was also weird because it's something I've Fought in my head for so long. So, the first issue was that I did this as a woman on my own. The second issue was probably a little wrapped in that was, was I not scared? And to be fair, I have a dog that resembles a coyote. So, as long as me and my coyote are together, I rarely get scared. I have this sense that no matter what happens, most everything will be scared of him before I get scared of it. And if I do, in fact, get scared, I just like pull him really close to me and then I have this sort of wolf protecting me and it's fine. So, Scared wasn't really something that crossed my mind, although I could comprehend how it could have been scary to sleep in the woods by myself when I had never done that before. I could see how that's scary. But again, I had the wolf. And slowly this RV trip, for me, became about making sure I remembered I could be brave. And for everybody else, became this statement of, as a woman, you can do these things without a man. You can be brave without a man. You can Do crazy things without a man. I had people writing me essays. Like it was mind blowing to me how shocked everyone was by this trip. I had every intention of riding horses while I was in Tennessee. Horses have been such a huge part of my life at pivotal moments. When I was really struggling in my teenage years, a cousin of mine has horses and he brought me to the stable where his horses are and let me ride them. And then from there, I started taking lessons on his horses. And even at one point, signed myself up for a competition on one of the horses. Horses have really been sort of this grounding place for me and so I had every intention in Tennessee of going to ride horses and so day after day I went to the place where in theory I would ride horses and day after day they told me I couldn't ride their damn horses the line was like three sessions long and they were like all these people are never gonna ride a horse we don't have enough horses the next day it rained the next day it was a four-hour wait like there was always some problem which is funny also if you know the story of how I adopted my dog it was very similar so It felt like the world was telling me that I wasn't going to ride a horse. And instead, I was driving up and down one of these mountains, and I saw a place that did zip lining... And I kind of was like so defeated that I couldn't ride the horses that I was like, you know, I'll just pop in. Like, I'm sure it'll only be like one or two zip lines and not that big of a deal, but it'll give me something to do. And the woman quoted me a price that like I did not understand, given the fact that I thought it was going to be like one or two idiotic little zip lines. And I was like, well, how long is this going to go? And she said three hours. I'm like, what on earth are we zip lining for three hours? So I ended up buying it, left the dog in the RV turn the RV on. So like he had a whole house to himself and signed myself up for this ziplining thing that I had no idea what it was. And I realized, first of all, it was eight ziplines. Second of all, they were all the way up in the top of a mountain. And then you ziplined all the way back down. And I haven't ziplined since like, maybe I was 17. And then prior to that, I hadn't ziplined other than like camp. And when I ziplined when I was 17, it was like in Cancun. So that was kind of a joke. So we ride this like giant, truck like military truck up a straight vertical road into the sky to the top of this mountain and slowly but surely we start ziplining our way down and the first couple I was scared I was really scared and I would get you know in the position I would you know be tied to the string and in my head I would say you are brave and then I would go and in that moment as I was saying you are brave I would open my eyes and see the most beautiful things I'd ever seen I mean it was stunning I was ziplining through the tops of trees, overlooking an entire mountain range. It was truly beautiful. And every time it would be the same. Close my eyes. You are brave. Open my eyes. The most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And so when these three hours ended, I got back to the RV and I thought, oh, you know, I should probably get on the road. Not that I had anywhere really to go. And, you know, I should get on the road and, and keep moving. And I just, I had such a sense of peace that I sat in that parking lot of that zipline place for another two hours with the dog in bed and just read a book. Because I felt such this sense of like, you don't have to keep moving. You don't have to keep proving anything. You did something great and you got a great fucking result out of it. And I just wanted to like live in that for a bit. From there, everything kind of went to shit. Somebody at the ziplining place had told me that I should go into one of the towns and go see some bridge and this is when my bravery got the best of me and so i drove into this town there were four lanes of traffic sort of tail light to tail light there was so much traffic there's huge pickup trucks on the road my rv is bigger than the lane that i'm supposed to be driving in my side mirrors are extending into all the other lanes then there are pickup trucks so they're tall like me, and their mirrors are extending. And I'm looking on both sides of the road nonstop trying to make sure none of us smash each other's mirrors off. Once I finally figure out how to get to this bridge thing I'm supposed to go see, I realize I can't pull myself into any parking lots because my RV is too damn big and it's sort of turning radius is too big to make the turns for the parking lot entrances because for some reason all the entrances had curbs and so like I wouldn't be able to make the turn. Also, there were a million cars and I was like adamant I wasn't going to break this RV. I wasn't going to scratch it. I wasn't going to do anything bad to it. So I'm driving for 45 minutes in circles around this town, giving myself an anxiety attack because there are so many damn cars and no parking lots. I finally find a parking lot. I finally feel good about the fact that I could probably turn into it without breaking the RV or damaging it. I make the turn and I scrape the top of the RV. Basically, we were taller than an overhang and I didn't realize that the overhang hung beyond the curb and into our lane. So although I was good in our lane, this overhang theoretically would have hung over a car, no problem, but my RV was taller than it. And so I scraped the entire side of the RV. I was so freaking upset. I was like almost crying because I felt like I had failed. I felt like this whole trip had been a test and I had spent the first two days telling everybody how they had all this bravery in them and they had all this ability to go do the things they wanted to do and leave and go explore and do all these things. And then I failed. It felt like I wasn't sort of the spokesperson I had signed myself up to be. Well, I mean, I didn't really sign myself up to be, but I embraced it and I broke the RV. So all those statements of, can you really do this without a man? And I said, hell yeah, I can. Felt like a failure. And the reality of it is, A guy could have easily scratched this RV just the same way I did. It had nothing to do with whether I could see over the wheel or if I could touch the pedal or if I could see the mirrors. It had nothing to do with that. But it felt like I had failed. And it felt like all those people who said, you really should have found a guy to go with you, they were right. And so I sat in the RV and cried. And I texted someone and I said, I'm tired of being brave. I want to go home. And this someone who is, in fact, a male responded, you hitting that RV has nothing to do with your bravery. You getting the RV is what makes you brave. It took me days, and I mean days, to process that information and to believe it. Because in that moment, I didn't believe it. In that moment, I felt like, again, there was this label of strength and I didn't meet it. And I didn't live up to it. And I said I was brave and then I fucked it up. But he was right. Like I said, the bravery was signing up to jump out of the plane and having the parachute put on you and getting up in the plane. And having your feet dangle out of the open door that was the bravery you jumping or not that has nothing to do with it that's something else but i had been brave and everything i had said to those women in my dms and actually the men too was about the fact that i could be brave and that i would be brave one of the funniest people that dm me i'm just thinking of this now he's a guy i met randomly in chicago i believe he's from atlanta and he travels the world by himself i think he works remotely And so during quarantine, he decided he was going to travel the world. And so every like two or three weeks, he goes to some new city, almost never in the United States, always abroad. And he DM'd me and said, are you alone? And now in retrospect, I'm like, sir, you've been alone this whole time. For a year and a half, you've been traveling alone. And you're asking me if I'm alone. Why are you allowed to be alone? I'm at question if I'm alone. More importantly, this man hashtags all of his posts with solo traveler. He's proud of the fact that he's traveling alone. And yet my traveling alone was questionable. It's funny. I did all of this to figure out how to be brave in my personal life and how to be brave in my business life. I don't have any more parents dying. I don't have any more condos on islands to build to save my sister and I's inheritance. I don't have any more world-size disasters to solve. So my bravery didn't have to come from not being able to feed myself. Now my bravery has to come just from the want of more. And so when I wanted to go to the mountains, I had to see if I could do it. I had to see if I could be brave. Being brave in your business is very different. I am still having a very hard time being brave in my business. I'm working on it. One RV trip at a time. But it's different. When I was 22, it was a little easier to be brave because I didn't need as much. When I was 22 years old, I lived off of $2,000 a month. My mortgage is $2,000 a month. It's different stakes. It's very different stakes now. But I have to find that ability to be brave now, just as I was when I was 22 or 25. I hope this inspires one woman to be brave. My RV trip didn't kill me. I saw the most beautiful mountains I've ever seen. And that's from somebody who spent her summers in Southern California, the majority of her teenage years and early 20s. The most beautiful mountains I've ever seen. I got to zipline through a mountain from top to bottom because I was brave. I think as long as you remember that, you can figure it out in your business life, in your personal life, wherever else you need it. This podcast is probably me being brave too. I pay money for this. A lot of money. I have no guarantees that this will create a community. I would really like it to create a community, so y'all should go share this. But I have no guarantees. I'm just taking a chance on myself and an idea, and I think it'll work. But I guess that's a sense of bravery too. I'm not strong because I'm willing to share. Brave. So my PSA to everybody, stop telling people they're strong. It sucks. It's a shield and an armor nobody wants. Or better yet, maybe somebody wants it. So you should ask before you say it to somebody. Maybe somebody likes it. I can tell you I have yet to meet anybody who likes it. I guess that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed my little recount of uh, the Tennessee mountains. If you need an RV, get the app outdoorsy and go be brave in your lives, your business life, your personal life. In your adventure life, in your food life, maybe go try cricket. I forgot to say this, and actually, it kind of ties into everything. There's really only like two people in this world that know this, maybe three. When I was a teenager, after my mom had died, I had been signed up for a camp with a bunch of other teenagers whose parents had died. And I met a girl there who I was friends with for many, many years. And she lived in a nearby town. And so we would hang out, and she kind of always felt like my Person in my place where it made sense. I didn't have to explain the feelings and the struggles and the looks I was getting. I didn't have to explain any of it. And one year we got older. We were maybe 15 or 16. And the camp had said, okay, this year we're going to canoe down the Wisconsin River for four days and you're going to sleep on the riverbank in tents. And if you know me, it's shocking to you, most likely, that I did this. But it's also probably shocking that I lived in an RV for four days. And so we packed up and we canoed something like 400 miles down the Wisconsin River. And we slept in tents on the Wisconsin River. And I cried every night because my shoulders and my arms hurt so bad. They hurt more than I, they've ever hurt in my entire life. And I had sand in places, sand doesn't belong, for days. And you would go shower, essentially, in the river, and there would be more sand. And it was just like this never-ending sand everywhere. My food had sand under my nails. It was like sand everywhere. And I couldn't pick up my arms. They hurt so bad. And I would still have to get in the canoe and keep rowing. And the only way this whole adventure ended is until we got to the end, because that's where we were getting picked up. There were no roads to come get us before then. We had to get to the end. And in between, we would, you know, stop wherever we were going to sleep that night. And we would go hiking and get to the tops of these ridges. And it was stunning. And when I booked my RV trip, I thought, if I could canoe down the Wisconsin River, then I can park an RV. I hope you all find some adventure in your lives and some bravery, because I think we all have it in us. Thank you for listening to this episode. In two weeks, we will have guests back on. I actually have a great idea, but hopefully I can put that together the way I'm thinking. But in the meantime, I just love you all for listening and giving me a place to say all this. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, or I thoroughly annoyed you enough that you feel like you have to come back for more, please go subscribe, rate us, send a review, and share us on social. You sharing us means all of our struggles don't have to be in silence anymore. And it means we all have a voice. Most importantly, it means I get to keep making episodes. So please go share. I also want you all to know that podcast life is not always glamorous. This Episode was recorded in my car, in my garage, because in my condo, you can hear some disastrous sounds of construction happening somewhere in my building. And I felt like if I recorded there, the whole episode would be full of construction noise. So I have been sitting in my car, in my garage, sweating bullets, trying to record this episode simply so that the background noise didn't sound crazy. Um, also there have been people walking by watching me do this, so that's not embarrassing at all. And now I just look like a crazy person in my car. So this isn't glamorous. Sometimes it's a shit show, but I'm here to do it anyway.